Mama is treating me to breakfast. Yep, let me see your phone. Huh? Look here. I download this McDonald's app because when you buy any bagel sandwich like the steak, egg, and cheese bagel, you get one free. Wait, you just bought that on my phone. That's right. Now that you got McDonald's money, you could treat Mama. <laughs> okay, Ma, you got it. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Valid through 10-222 at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. App download and registration required. Hey guys, welcome to a brand episode of Rush Down Radio. I'm Michael. And I'm Anthony. Today we're going to talk about companies that are transparent with what's going on with developments and other stuff, and companies that aren't so transparent. Because they're trash. <laughs> and why it's important. So basically this episode we're talking about companies that decide to give us communication about what's going on, new stuff's coming out, or what's going on with a game that they're developing, or what's going to happen with the next phase of a game that's already out. And we're talking about always nice. It's always nice to know that they're thinking about the fact that people are really investing in these games and want to know what's going on with it and what's going to be happening and just overall what's the timeline, what's going on with these games. Especially since so many games are moving towards the live services model. Yuck. It's kind of good to know up front what's going to be out there for the game. So we're going to talk about pretty much the whole scope of that and what we think about it. So this all was prompted because Nintendo was so kind enough to tell us that Metroid Prime 4 is still in development. As a matter of fact, they're starting all the way over. <laughs> they will make it perfect. Right. They will make sure it's perfect. That's wonderful. I'm so happy to know that they're starting all the way over. You don't sound happy, though. I'm ecstatic. Are you? Yes. Are you really? Because this is a good thing. What if the first good final product? What if the first batch of game wasn't good? Then it's good that they started over, isn't it? Yeah. And we probably have to wait another couple years for the game. I mean, it's fine. It's not like it's going to be on a new console or something. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) Everything's fine. You should come. You sure? Yeah. Sure. Yes. Cause you don't sound fine. You sound really perturbed by this. What? Oh, that's just how I sound every day. Perturbed. And angry. <laughs> and vexed. And flummoxed. <laughs> All that stuff. <laughs> um, so, I, th- I mean, people were praising Nintendo for doing this. I mean, after you get to the initial shock of the fact that that game is starting over and might as well just be a new development cycle, it's nice to know. That they didn't just do it because there are some companies that have big projects on the horizon that everybody is extremely high for, but people don't know what's going on with them because they won't tell us anything about the development. You know, maybe a game that may or may not be a complete remake of a game that was a classic when it came out that people love to this day. I know what you're talking with this. I'm just talking. You might bring it to the light. I mean, if I had to name names, I guess, uh, let me think, uh, I mean, Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah. Let's talk about that, actually, for a second. All right. Because they initially announced it, everybody was happy, we got that second trailer a little bit later, I think about a year later, with the actual gameplay, and then nothing. Like, radio silence. Completely. 
And for me, as a person who loves Final Fantasy VII, it's probably one of my... Is it in my top ten? It probably is in my top ten all-time favorite for, um, RPGs. Probably is. Safe to say it is. I mean, with well, as many times as you bought it, I'm not... Whoa, surprised. time out. So, let's not do that. Because <laughs> that's very pointed. Tell me how many times I bought it. That's not neither here nor there. I just like to, you know, support companies. Okay. Talk about how many times you bought it. That's rude. Anywho, um, I am waiting with bated breath, but I'm also really hesitant about this game anyway, because I don't trust Square Enix when it comes to developing games. Yeah. I mean, they went from this game's going to come out. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. So it's going to be episodic. Yikes. Which. And then they trains the battle system from being turn based to like this complete action oriented system, which could either be really good or really bad. Yeah, it could be either Crisis Core or it could be, I don't know, what was that game? Near the first one? Yikes. Yikes. I think would have made more sense. It is just me personally. I think the Final Fantasy 13 system would have looked better for this game as far as like, at least like having the characters move around the map but still be turn-based would have made sense i would have taken that because it would look it would look really like high stylized and still actiony because but it still would have been you know turn-based because we know that they for some reason believe that people don't like turn-based anymore <sighs> also still putting out successful turn-based games that people will love and enjoy and adore like i don't i don't How get do this you put out bravely default and octopath traveler and say after octopath traveler sold so well now you go like oh, nobody likes turn-based but you just, you just made a turn-based people liked i think the problem is that they're going after a specific demographic who don't play RPGs to begin with. So they think, oh, we get these new players, they probably don't want turn base. Which is dumb because people play Persona and people love Persona. Persona was a contender for Game of the Year the year it came out. That like, has to say something. That says a lot about what people like in RPGs, especially turn based. Turn based, nothing wrong with you can make turn based like exciting like that's it's it's not hard it's not like lining characters up on two different sides and just like like the way persona did it right hyper stylized game super stylized the way the 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 effects of some of those attacks the way they made characters move in there it it, it was awesome i mean the ui alone was great yes that became a whole meme (laughs) that was such a good meme it was a great meme i think even um Let's see. I remember Atlas was pretty silent about the development of um, Persona Five too for a while. Yeah, but they then they, they, they came they, around. Yeah, they came around saying, "Okay, here's this, here's that, here's this," and like Square Enix is really bad about that. They just they, like so I think what was it around like maybe Final Fantasy Thirteen when things really shifted for Square Enix. How so? I think that's when they found that being transparent may not always be the best option. Like, they got so much backlash about stuff they were doing with 13. They were like, okay, maybe we should just be quiet. Yeah, that's not exactly working out for them either. It's not. It's really not. And people expect certain things at certain points of the year to hear news about their game, especially E3. It's like that, you know, at that checkpoint. Like, okay, let's get some news out. How many videos have we seen? They didn't say anything at uh, E3. They didn't say anything at Tokyo Game Show. Yeah. They didn't say anything in anywhere. 
not packs, not anywhere. Like they've, they've had opportunities to make announcements and stuff and they just decide not to. And it's unfortunate because people really are invested in this game. And I feel like during development cycles, when you need to be like, put out the most information, like, Hey, we're doing Espe- this, especially for a game that's going to take a long time. Hell, I would even take them saying it's coming out for the next gen consoles because at least we would know. Yeah. You know, be it would be really crappy if they decide. You know what? PS Five. <laughs> yeah, it'd be crappy, but at least you would know. Not talking about they just wait till like towards the end of it. Like, yeah, PS Five is coming out on that system. Like after, ah. like toward like how they did um fifteen slash versus thirteen. Just like, oh yeah, we're coming out this on the PS Four. Oops, that was oh, so trash. That's another. That was another one too. Like versus thirteen was nowhere in sights for a long time. Like they didn't tell you anything about that game. Yeah, so they decided. You know what? We're gonna change this to fifteen. Not explain exactly why they did it, which, which of course, stupid. I, I mean, I know why. I mean, it was trying to separate itself from being a part of the thirteen um compilation, which in itself was a dumb product to begin with. Like, why would you make a compilation for? Ugh. They really wanted thirteen to be huge. I think. I think they did. I definitely did because usually when they come out with a brand new Final Fantasy on a brand new like console generation they always are a big deal and 13 kind of like unfortunately stopped that whole traction of being a big deal because it was so polarizing yeah because even 12 when it came out 12 was a little polarizing but people nah, still like that game not compared to 13 polarization no, 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 no. i would argue that that is one of the most polarizing entries in the series oh yeah definitely easily like I mean, e- hell, it's even polarizing in this room. He likes, he loves that game, and I hate I, it. I, I live for that game. There's a difference. <laughs> yeah, he breathes that game. I, I breathe. I, 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 I bought all the. I bought. I bought Lightning Returns twice. I bought. Um, was it thirteen two two times? I think I bought the first one like three times. Yeah, I, I bought the first one, and I played it for fifteen hours, and realized this was not the game for me. Yeah, that's typically, and then the thing about like Final Fantasy is that I think once Sakaguchi left, it's when they were not sure how to like approach the game anymore. Cause you can see between one through ten, it's a pretty consistent like how the games came about, how they look, like the structure, everything feel like a Final Fantasy. Yeah. Then ten was kind of weird. The third, twelve was really weird. Like it was. Yeah. The 13 was like, what in God's name is this? I don't know where 11 came from being an MMO, but you know, we don't, that's that's okay. Yeah. 12 was like, that took some getting used to. Yeah. I didn't hate it as much as other people did, but I understand why people hate it, especially that license system. That was stupid the first time around. Oh, they fixed it though. They did. That license system where you got these people who are trained warriors, like, (laughs) how do I use a gun? How do I gun? Do I, do I throw it? <laughs> no, you can't throw it. You have to get a license. Learn how to use this thing. It it was just dumb. And, and you know, you spent the point says, Oh, you put your finger here and you pull oh, Got it. Great. <laughs> and you know, it, it, oh god, I could go on for days about how stupid the license system was. I think another thing that's changed is how we get information has definitely changed how transparent companies are. Remember back in the day, you had to wait for a company to give you like information in the newest issue of whatever magazine. Yes, which now, made information flow a lot slower. But people, on the, I guess, people were okay with it because they knew that there were no other ways. Yeah. Now Whereas you now, just, you could tweet at 
Square Enix, you could tweet people specifically. It's so much easier to get access to the people that are developing these games than ever before. All you need is a name. That's all you need is a name, and they got they they somewhere. Like and then and now they're more um what's the word? They're more accessible? uh accessible, yeah. Um God, what's the word? It's like you're more um not tangible but visible. There we go. You're more visible now. Especially like community managers. That's the whole Ooh. that's the whole reason the community manager even became a thing because of the fact they had to have them corral the community and stuff like that. I actually were friends with community managers. A lot of them quit that job because they saw how stressful it was. I do not feel bad for anybody who picked up community manager as a job. But they didn't know what they were getting themselves into until it was all too late. I suppose. But yeah, I think that's another part of the whole transparency thing is having actual mouthpieces to tell people what's going on with the game and the development and stuff. And I hate finding information out from like third party sources. You know, like what voice actor gives information, like, yeah, I'm not gonna be on that game. <laughs> that's the worst way to find out information. One of the ones I, I strongly remember was when people found out that the latest Blaze Blue wasn't gonna happen. Yo voice dub. And the voice actor for Ragnar was like, yeah, we kind of didn't know either. That was rough, man. Like, Just didn't say nothing. And that kind of lack of transparency to even the people who work on this stuff. That's insane to me. Really insane. Like, ah, that was just kind of, it was really shady. Man, we could talk all day about that kind of stuff. But let's talk about other companies that have tried, made an attempt to kind of speak to the people. One such strange, I know, I know I rag on the AAA industry a lot. Uh huh. But one such was, uh, when Bungie was with Activision. Oh. With Destiny 2. You. And they tried to give a roadmap on what they were going to fix and what they were going to implement. And while a lot of people, myself included, said that they were just reverting it back to the way Destiny 1 was, which is a better game, it still was nice to know that we knew what to expect and when. That's always a nice feeling to be excited for a release date or a date when things are going to change or when it's patch day. We, we, we get excited for those things. That makes us want to continue playing the game as opposed to, um, yeah, we, uh, you get it when you get it. <laughs> that reminds me of that one game, um, Last Guardian. <laughs> Last Guardian. Remember there was a big to do about that game. It was like vaporware for a while. And ah, that game. Yeah, so it ended up being I don't want to say garbage, subpar, but... underwhelming, not even meet expectations that they made. Yeah, because that game wasn't that great. It wasn't. Y'all, everybody who was like excited for that game was really excited for it because they like Shadows of the Colossus, which to this day I don't understand why people like that game. Because it's like really moody and atmospheric and I, I don't, subversive I don't and ambiance. What? I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I, I, I just don't. I played it. I tried playing that game twice over and I was not. I don't get it. You know what? Maybe I'm not supposed to get it. Maybe I don't eat enough caviar to get that game. Maybe that game is just beyond my violent sensibilities. Maybe. Huh, so, while we do praise Nintendo for telling us that they're still developing this game, we do want them to be a little bit more transparent about the fact that what's going on with the development. 
Just saying we're still developing it isn't really necessarily something that should be win praise. What's honestly. going on with that new Shin Megami Tensei, man? Whoa, time out. Pause. You know Atlas don't tell nobody nothing. <laughs> you know how Atlas do. Y'all could put Bayonetta in the mobile one, but y'all can't tell us what y'all doing with the console one? Yikes. First of all, Platinum, we know it's going to be good, though. Look, I don't know what Bayonetta's doing for this, but <laughs> I'm with it. We with, I'm, we, I'm with the, I'm with the shit. Whatever she decides to do, we're there. But <laughs> I don't know about everything. And uh, Rain Reigns was a bit of a trip. Whoa, that was, that wasn't her fault. I don't blame her. I blame <laughs> everything around her. <laughs> that was, however, I at least would like, uh, yeah, it'd still be a maid. If they, if all they came out, they cleared their throat and was like, it still be a mate and put a JPEG out. Yo, I'm with it. That's fine. <laughs> All right. So another part of this um, whole topic is monetization, and when companies don't tell you how they're gonna monetize a game until after it comes out, because that's fun. Yeah, that's another part of this because uh, we kind of want to know how games are going to be, um, how we're gonna be paying for them. Yeah, especially with these like really terrible DLC models they started to do now. Kind of likes to know that up front. You all know the DLC models. I mean, we, we could, I could go on all day <laughs> about the DLC models that some of these companies put out that are complete garbage, especially for those live services, those which are-, are pretty much mobile games you pay $60 for. Yikes. Games as services. We're servicing you with a game that works. And, and of on. course, you're going to get those that are like, but they needed to keep the servers up. <laughs> I'm mad you said that for some reason. They, they need the money. Money Games cost too much to make. Who told them to do that? Yeah, I'm never going to be on the side of companies like people say, oh, well, companies, you know, it costs so much money to make these AAA games, so we should pay more. <laughs> You better find new ways to make these games, then. Y'all better take some cuts. Exactly. Y'all over here making twenty million a year talking about it. It costs us so much to make Destiny Two. We need to make it back for the shareholders, please. No, <laughs> like just no. And every time, every single time, someone brings up that argument to me, Warframe. Yeah. But but games cost too much to make, and and they need the Warframe. Yeah, but I mean executives need the Warframe. But every game has monetization. Warframe. (laughs) (laughs) Like I get the games have to monetize in order to make money these days, but it's the way you do it and how transparent you are about it that will be the deciding factor. People being invested in it, like Warframe. (laughs) You gonna keep saying Warframe? I really like Warframe. Um, what was that, that Call of Duty game we had to buy the special edition in order to get like all ah, of the games? Yes, that was the recent one. <laughs> Where you had to buy the seats. They had the maps. I don't know if this is still true. Not gonna look because I don't care that much. <laughs> I'm sorry for people who think I don't do research. I don't care. Um, but at the time at when it was coming out, um, the only way you were gonna get maps is if you got the season pass. And you only got the season pass through the deluxe edition, which was, I believe, $100. Yep. So in order to get the whole game, 
you have to pay a hundred dollars. Mind you, this is a game without single player. It was going all in on blackout mode, which is admittedly fun. <laughs> but uh yeah. No, that's stupid. First of all, the season pass is already a dumbass idea. What you are paying so much money for an idea of I what's f- coming. I feel like this has something to do with that Borderlands thing. <sighs> I might still be upset about it, yes. Maybe <laughs> I, you know what? You know every time you've referenced that on this show, every chance you've gotten. Well, if they hadn't <laughs> done it to me, <laughs> well, you know, I can't even say they did it to me because I didn't get the season pass. Fuck them. <laughs> you just gotta be that person, don't you? Yeah, yes, I do. So, how do you think they should do season passes? I think. How about they just don't do that? How about they just not make season passes and release DLC as is? If you want to release it as a bundle, make it post DLC release. All right, I'm good with that. How about how about that? How about we not pay for an idea of what's coming? And if your company flops, it all just goes to hell. <laughs> this is so pointed. <laughs> this or, felt, or, uh, like this is specific to to um to was that 2K? <laughs> Look, I had a lot of words for 2K. <laughs> whatever. Um, I think Street Fighter did pretty well with season two and three of their game for Street Fighter Five. I think they did better with season three because you knew the characters. That were oh, playing. right, 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 right. Because they didn't tell you the season two. Yeah, season one and two were silhouette seasons. Yeah, that was garbage. Season three, they'd be like, you know what? Here's all the characters. And we're like, you know what? I'm on board. I'm with it. That was great. See, if they did that, right? They let us know what's coming from the get go. And no, I don't mean like you tell us the name of something. <laughs> if you're gonna release a map, I want to see the map. Yeah, I want. I, I will take even a JPEG of the map. Okay, map packs. Are, I mean, season pass with map packs are dumb anyway because, of course, we all know what divides the community and the player base. Blah 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 blah. We already know that. Yeah, it's already clear. Yeah. It's- Season passes for stuff like, I guess, single player games, like that Spider Man one that people aren't the happiest with. What the, um, the, um, season, well, the, um, additional content? Yeah. Oh. So the season pass they have for that Spider Man game? Yeah. People aren't the happiest with it. I think they stumbled it because the game was, the core game was already great to deal with. That's one of those things where it's like, the game was so good to where whatever season pass came with it, I was going to get anyway. Yeah, I think you could, you could actually get away with it if the core game is like incredible. But you know, it's hard to say t- you that because a lot of companies are like, pre-order this game, pre-order, please." Man, Mortal Kombat already told you out the gate with Mortal Kombat Eleven, you need to pre-order to get Shao Kahn. Yeah, they do that every game though. But I don't like that. I don't like them telling me already. Hey, there's like all this DLC you're gonna need. Hyuk, hyuk. Like remember yeah. what uh, what uh, what was that um, Arkham Knight or all that? Well, they had the what was it Harley Quinn was like oh yeah she's announces DLC like dude the game ain't even out yet. You haven't even shown us gameplay yet, and you talking about DLC? <laughs> That's just rude for real from the companies that do that. But at least we know what they're doing. Yeah, some companies decide they want to release a game. That you know is going to be free to play with monetization. Or not even free to play. You probably don't have to pay to play it. And they're like, well, we would like to talk about monetization after the game is done. 
Are you talking about a specific game we talked about I'm this show? About a few games. Oh, well, what are they? Name um, names. Uh, let's see. We'll start with Diablo Immortal. Yeah, we have no idea how they're gonna monetize it, but we know they are. I mean, you just gotta pay money. That's how they monetize it. <laughs> Push your wallet on it. Um, Anthem. Ah, uh, yes. Anthem pulled the slyest shit with that demo, where everything costs twenty five gold coins. Literally everything. And they were like, oh, well, the, the economy's going to be different when the game comes out. Different how? <laughs> different how? Different how? Because all we have right now is a screenshot that implies that cosmetics are going to cost $20. However, I don't think it's going to end up ending at $20. I of course really not. not. Because I think EA is a little bit smarter than that. Do not you think? Much. Do not you think that's smarter? Not by do much. Do you? They're at a point. You know what? We're not going to talk about. I'm not going to harp on EA and why I think that. But I want to believe that they're not so stupid <laughs> as to release cosmetics for twenty dollars, given the dire position that they're in, and given how much they really want Anthem to succeed. We can only hope to that to be the case. However, we have seen time and time again when companies shoot their own foot off, try to make extra money. You're not wrong. Activision <laughs> real bad about that. How do you retroactively add microtransactions to a game where microtransactions wasn't even a thing when it came out? Because they need extra money. They see this player engagement. So they want to increase player engagement by adding more content to the game. Triple A jargon is the quickest way to piss me off. <laughs> That's such a buzzword. He said player engagement. You know, I know all that jargon. I know all of that stuff. All I thought about was that guard was like (laughs) turning players into pairs. Yikes. That video video was so good. If you haven't seen that video, turning players into pairs. Just type that in. Oh, Jim Sterling. Oh, so good. just watch that disgusting so video good. where the whole point is to monetize a game and keep people engaged. And don't think we ain't forgot about the other stuff that people like Activision did where you open up loot crates in front of people so they'd be like, oh, I want that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I never was about loot boxes. Loot boxes are terrible. I'm so glad. So glad that Mortal Kombat 11 doesn't have loot boxes. So far. No, but let's see him pay for them uh, fatalities. Yikes! That was so. St- oh my god! That whole fatality buy-in and all that—that that was just obnoxious. Honestly, Man, we really took like a really hard curve talking about this stuff. We did. <laughs> That's cool. We got lots to cover still. We do. Uh, let's see. I'm with it. I just—I just realized we took a really hard turn. Hey, look, people will probably feel the same way we do. On to other games. This was a bit of shade that I found would be hilarious. Okay. <laughs> so, DOA 6 developers were talking about why they delayed their game. And one of the talking points was that they saw the backlash that Street Fighter 5 received when it came, when it launched without a lot of modes and stuff, particularly story mode. And they're like, you know, we're going to avoid that as much as possible. Now, that was shady. And I, so, I, I, I laughed, even though I was like, ooh, that kind of hurt, because I was one of the early adopters of Street Fighter Five, so I was like, I was there. Two things, right? Two What's that? Okay. Hear me out. Okay. We hear. Mm-hmm. One. Nobody, except people who are going to play this game for maybe two minutes and leave, gives a shit <laughs> about story mode. Okay? Okay. Well, I, I, okay, for DOA, I will say story was important. I'm gonna get to that in a second for DOA specifically. Okay, because that's number two. 
I want somebody, Michael, Michael, since you are a devout DOA fan, okay, explain to me the story of DOA right now. Okay, so here's the thing: it was a tournament, right? And they were trying to see who was the most strongest. The DOA company was using this term as a way to find strong people in order to like make them into super soldiers and clone them and have an army. That's pretty much the story. They use the ninjas as like guinea pigs. What? Y'all can't see the face of what? the dust I'm making. What? Why are you just cause that's the story? That's the story? Yeah. They clone Kasumi. They tried to clone um Hayate. That didn't work. Um, Helena almost died a couple of times. Yeah, that's pretty much the story. DOA tech sucks. They're using ninjas to like form their armies and stuff. I have a plethora of questions, even with that short synopsis. But you know what? You got this, man. <laughs> it's really easy to get. I mean, like, I don't know, um, ain't like Guilty Gear story or something. Whoa. Hey. <laughs> Whoa. Yup. I mean, you ain't had to do that. I did. Why are you being so loud, man? Like, we can go to other games like Blaze Blue. <laughs> Look. Yup. You over here being real rude. I am. I don't appreciate Cause you talking about how stupid the DOA story is? Have you listened to the talking of Blaze Blue? It's a little anime, I get it. A, a little? It's a smidge. Anime. A smidge? Yep. Okay. Alright, whatever delusion you live in. <laughs> smidge. Anywho, it's back to DOA and their transparency. I think it was good for them to be like, okay, we're gonna delay this game because we're gonna put fans and touches on it. Cause face it, they don't want, they want the game to sell as much as possible. So they need to make sure they... Especially since they know. This is so stupid. They lost people on on saying, "Oh yeah, we're gonna have realistic breast physics this time." Oh yeah, not they, that they weren't gonna have any. They just weren't gonna be as lewd as they're used to having. But real li- and people were upset. Yeah, they want their titties to be like flotation devices that just flop around while they're they, fighting. They want it to be where they. Oh my god! What? Um. I don't know if, if anybody else but but me remembers, but um, if you played DOA on the Vita, there was, uh, <laughs> and you got to the windscreen, you could, of course, move the camera around to see the girl in her sweaty, jiggly glory, but you could also swipe the screen to make them jiggle as you stood in place. <laughs> so bad. I don't know if, if it was on the... I also think it was on the touchpad for the PS4 version. That is so terrible. I didn't even. But, yeah, that that was a thing you could do. Oh man, I want to think. I don't want to think lesser of my franchise, but man, stuff like that. They always, knew what they were doing. They did. Have you seen DOA Extreme? You know I have. They know what they're doing. They know who their base is. They, they know men will play this. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, the women that like it as well. Yes. I wanted to exclude them. Yeah, there are plenty of women who play GOA for titties too. I didn't know until much later, but you know, they're a thing. Hey, Shout out to them. Titties are great. They cool. Of course, you don't understand the bountiful glory of press. I don't, because, like, as one of the people who've seen the new redesign for Scarlet for More Combat 11, I'm cool with the redesign. <laughs> I, don't need a, I don't need a bikini ninja. Okay, we ain't with that no more. Look, man. <laughs> That old Scarlet looked like hot garbage. <laughs> it was like, what it was was like the... most of her weight was in her chest and the rest God. of her was like 
That was probably one of the most elaborate redesigns ever. Yeah, they turned the character that people forgot about, that I forgot about, <laughs> into a good character. Yeah, she looks great now. I'm I'm totally down for New Scarlet. She, I'm not gonna. She's got me part. She's part of the reason I'm hyped for this game. She's a she whole blood. Amazing. She's a whole bloodbender. Like she, she also. She is. That's so edgy. It is pretty edgy. I am a edge. edge. <laughs> I don't care that Ronda Rousey's here. Screw her. <laughs> about to stab her with her own blood. Wow. Since we're talking about Street Fighters backlash, we might as well get right into one of the probably one of the worst offenders right now at present when it comes to fight games and <clears throat> not being transparent about what they're doing with this season four of Street Fighter Five. They were on such a high last year, I feel, when it came to like content. They were doing so many great things with Street Fighter Five. Like they had these really good costumes. They had like you get get fight money. You was able to like get stuff, and you were able to buy stuff. And the characters were pretty good. Like there was a really good season. And we're into season four, and things have not really been all that great. And you're not even telling us why, too. Always know what's happening. They're gonna do things different. That'll tell you nothing. And all we got for our troubles. It's Kage. Yeah. While I like Kage. He's cool of a character, but he's not enough to suffice a whole season, though. Now, I personally think that this season is going to have just two characters, and that's going to be it. That's my personal belief. I could be wrong. There's only one other spot. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Like, that's going to, this is, this is the end of the character they're going to have for the game. Like, this is the roster pretty much. Now, mind you, their pin, I'm on their Twitter right now. Their pin tweet. Is Kage's trailer that was on December sixteenth, yikes, twenty eighteen. We're almost two months away. away. That was the last time we saw any substantial update. Yikes! Let's 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 take a peek at their Twitter right quick. Yeah, because they give you a lot of information on their Twitter. Happy birthday, Fang! (laughs) Shout out to him. To fame, Mr. Number Two. Uh, let's see some miniature arcade thing. That thing looks stupid. I, I don't. What? Well, yes. Man, whatever. It's so. Oh my god. Um, uh, the Capcom Pro Tour dates and in places. Which they got to fix because they got some of the dates wrong. The servers went down. And I guess they're open. Some cosplay of a bison in in like the trifecta of guiles. Oh yeah, that was a cute. That was a cute picture. Um. Resident Evil 2 costume release trailer. Oh, yeah. Love that costume pack. Uh, Cami fan art. What? Oh, what? What? Who? Zelina Vega coming out in a Vega mask? Oh, she's a wrestler. Uh, fan art. Vega. <laughs> um, Balrog is gonna be guts as opposed to a grappler like guts man is. Whatever. Fan art, <laughs> something, fan art, Street Fighter League, PlayStation that they retweeted, um, costume for cross, and those crossover costume announcements are the most egregious because they are not telling us how we're going to get fight money after they took all the ways for us to get fight money. Yeah. Nobody really has fight money. We really don't. Like, it's hard out here. Like, we out here in these streets really trying to get some fight money, man. Cause that was so fun to be able to get a new costume, but like after a month, like, oh, here's a new costume. Like, that was great. I got almost every single, um, what was it? What's it called? Like, 
the crossover costume. Yeah, I got just about all the ones you could get through that um through fight money. I got them because yeah. they were, it was like, fun. It was gave you fight money. It was a great way to keep player engagement up. You had a challenge every week that would give you just enough to be able to go through that challenge. Yep. Then they had grunts pretty often too, and you were able to fight them and yeah. get more fight well, money. Every couple weeks, you would get a grunt. You can fight them. I, I mean, oh, it was just so cool. Like last year, probably one of the best times to play Street Fighter, as far as like casually concerned. Maybe not competitively, because that's polarized depending on who character you use. But if you were just playing casually, you was getting costumes. It was great. Like, ugh. and now we don't know anything. They haven't said anything. They just talking about tournaments and stuff. Tournaments and fan art. They love fan art and mother. <laughs> Keep it family friendly. Please, I would really appreciate that. Probably if you... not done great at that up to now. <laughs> so trying to do better for the future. But yeah, they love the fan art, just not the fans. So pretty much, they haven't really said anything of value since Kage trailer. No, no, they haven't. So yeah, that's pretty much all that we know, and we're not. They're, not, they're really not telling us much of anything, and I, I think that's making people really antsy too, because like, what are we going to do for this season? Like, where are we at? Suffer. That's what we're doing. We're suffering. We're in a night. We're in the other circles of hell right now. That's where we're at, man. I think this is a really bad way of doing, like, communication from companies as far as, like, what is going to happen with your own game for the future. Especially for fighting games, which is pretty much a live service. Well, it is now. And I only say it's a lot of service. I mean, yeah, you can play it offline, but they really want you to be playing online. All the time. Now, some could even say and speculate that they're doing this because they want you to play more online, which yields you fight money as well. I but think it's not that much, stupid. though, because they don't even get that much fight money you play online. You get, like, what, 50 per fight? You get 50 per win. <laughs> and you get 1,000 fight money for every character level. That's a lot of, that's, no, that's too much time. Like, I'm not, I'm not with that. We just had better ways to make fight money back in the day. Maybe we got 5,000. Yeah, we talking back in the day, like it was like years ago. It was. It what? Feels like it was. 2016. Yeah, you get 5,000 fight money. Oh my gosh. It's almost, a, it's almost like doing mundane, stupid stuff. I think it's almost the second, no, third anniversary of this game. Coming up soon. And this is what they do with it. Uh, just put it to. Sh- I wonder who that. I know they got a new person at Capcom. I think the guy who was over um, Monster Hunter is now over um, the Street Fighter and well, all. He that. need to do something. He do because they was giving away free stuff from um, Monster Hunter. And I don't like what they're doing with Street Fighter right now. And it ain't like the game is a. I don't think that they want this game to die out so soon. Nah. I mean, they have a pretty clear history of making sure a game is sustained for a while, as long as it does well. And as much as people may not like Street Fighter Five, it's still doing pretty well as a game. Yeah, definitely. Especially when they like fix all the problems people had with it. Y'all remember how long they kept us uh, Street Fighter Four? Ugh. Yes, Michael. You don't like that game. I thought I don't like it's the fact that it was no other choices to play other games because other other things. That's another whole other subject. I can go on a tangent about that game, but that's that's different. But yes, they we had Street Fighter Five. I mean Street Fighter Four for a long time, maybe like what six seven years almost. Might have been a whole span of a console generation. I think it was. Man, we were on that game for a minute. Lord, ugh. 
yeah. people still want to play that game. Yeah. Myself included. Do you have any final thoughts about transparency and what, what to do and what not to do? Be Nintendo <laughs> being their own developer. <laughs> Don't be other people like Capcom, Activision, Ubisoft. Or most EA. AAA developers. Um, yeah, I can go on. Don't be them. I mean, is it really hard to just be like, yeah, we're still working on it. You all have people for PR presence. You all have people who have Twitter accounts for the sole purpose of tweeting, of communicating with the fans. Use them. Like I said, all it takes is, yeah, we're still working on it in a JPEG or something. Yeah, update something. Jesus, it's not hard. God. And (sighs) I know there are going to be people who may think, well, these game companies don't really owe us anything. That's not exactly true. They kind of owe us something if they want us to buy the game. Yeah, it's kind of like if you want people to be invested in your game, you should definitely invest in the people who might buy it. Like, you have to go to them. Freaking shareholders. Oh, God. That should be a whole podcast by itself. Maybe we should. Maybe one time. The shareholders. The people that make games harder. All right, guys. What do you guys think about transparency? What do you guys think about communication between companies? You think there should be more communication, more transparency, just more visibility online and just in general with games and they're being developed and after the games developed? Let me know. Um, please like, share, um, go on uh, iTunes, give us a like, um, give us some cool stars, give us a comment, find us on Spotify, um, Google Play, YouTube. Facebook. We're everywhere. Just look up Restaurant Radio. You'll find us just about anywhere. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next time. Whole Foods Market knows that wellness doesn't look the same for everyone. For some people, it's shopping for fresh produce and organic ingredients to cook with. For others, wellness looks like stocking up on chef-prepared meals ahead of a busy week. It's supplements. It's taking some me time with a new hydrating face mask or a well-deserved bath bomb soak in the tub. Whatever wellness looks like to you, you can find it at Whole Foods Market. And that includes guidance. Ask a team member and they'll do their best to point you in the right direction. Be healthy. Be happy. Be whole at Whole Foods Market.